The churches that I have attended in my life are Protestant. Pam Paget has a background of being a Catholic. Not only was she raised in the Catholic Church, but she was attended Catholic school. And then at one point she had to work through Catholic doctrines and compare them with the Bible and work through that. She has a very interesting story. Chapter 8 is written by Pam Paget in our book, Attending Church, published on Amazon. It's published in my name, Joan Boney. Well, hers too, but both of us are on the cover. But Pam wanted me to record this for her, so the voice you will hear on this podcast is mine, but the story is Pam Paget's. Pam says, I was taken to the Catholic Church from the time I was a baby, following Catholic doctrines and traditions was the way of life for my family. I was baptized at a Catholic church as a baby. And then she says in the New Testament, we see that we are baptized after we are born again, not before we are born again, not as babies. Acts chapter 8, verses 36, 37. And a eunuch said, See, here is water, What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. As a baby, of course, you cannot believe with all your heart. So the baptism of babies would not be a New Testament baptism at all. It was totally out of line for the New Testament church. Pam says, My parents took my two sisters and I to the Catholic church for Mass each Sunday and sent us to the Catholic elementary school. Then she says, Nowhere in the Bible are we instructed to perform rituals called Mass. Catholic priests were visitors at our house. I recall one priest whom my parents especially liked coming multiple times to our house. And then Pam says, priest is an Old Testament term, but is not used in the New Testament church. Ministers given by Jesus to the New Testament church are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11-12. My mom kept a bottle of holy water from the Catholic Church in the refrigerator. She would give us a small cup of this water to drink if we became ill. Later, Pam checked the Bible about holy water and found It's only used one time, and that's in the Old Testament. And the purpose of holy water, it tells us about it in Numbers chapter 5, verses 11 through 31, in which holy water was used to determine whether a woman has been unfaithful to her husband. The priest, they did have priests in the Old Testament. The priest would give the woman 
this water, and if she drank it and her stomach swelled, then they knew she had been unfaithful. But if she drank it and nothing happened to her, they knew she had not been unfaithful. It was an Old Testament type of test concerning the faithfulness of women. It had nothing to do with healing the sick as the Catholics were using it. Then Pam says, during elementary school, there were times when my mom seemed very concerned about something. She would prepare an envelope with a note and a check in it and send my sister and I to the rectory with instructions to give the envelope to a priest. So the priest would say a mass for whatever was on the note. Pam later discovered that we go directly to God in prayer. And she says, under the New Testament, we go directly to God in prayer, not going to someone called a priest. Philippians 4, 6, she quotes, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This next statement of Pam's is very strange because it tells about her eldest sister. And when I read it, I always just shudder. Also during elementary school, my older sister wanted to be a nun when she grew up. She found a way to order a child's version of a nun's robe and veil. And she would go around the neighborhood dressed up in these garments. I asked Pam if that bothered her, and she said very much. Nowhere in the Bible are we instructed to wear religious garments such as robes, and there are no such things as nuns in the Bible. That's all made up by the Catholic Church. Then Pam says, my mom worked with ceramics as a hobby. Among the many pieces she worked with were some statues of religious figures. We had also purchased some religious statues at stores. My older sister prepared an altar for religious statues in the bedroom which we shared, and I copied her preparing an altar for statues I had as well. But I soon lost interest when there didn't seem any purpose for these things. I didn't know what to do with them, says Pam. Religious statues such as these are an abomination to God, as we see in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We don't worship God through images. For God is a spirit. John 4.24 Jesus says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, I once knew a Baptist woman who called me once, and she invited me over to her house to see the memorial she had set up on a bookcase, a memorial to Jesus. She was using statues and images. I did not go to her house to see these things because I know this is not the way we follow God. I have been to churches, Protestant churches, where they put 
on the wall a photo of that long-haired man in a robe which the Catholics use as a portrayal of Jesus. And I recommended to that pastor that he take that down. That's a graven image. We do not worship God through physical images, mountains or trees or skies or anything like that. We may be grateful to God for those things, but we, we worship the Creator, which is a spirit. And we have to worship Him in both spirit and truth. And this use of religious images is an abomination to God in the Bible, we know that. He tells us that, especially in the Old Testament. And therefore, we must not do these things of worshiping images, of, of bowing down to images, of worshiping God through images. Sometimes you will see people in movies where they're getting ready to go into war, and they reach up and take hold of a cross or a medallion that they're wearing around their neck. I had a Catholic friend who always kept a medallion on the sun visor on the passenger side of her car, and it was a medallion of something the Catholics call a St. Christopher, which is supposed to protect you. This is very evil. God protects us. St. Christopher, as I understand it, was a human, and he is dead and you cannot be protected by a dead person. They are asleep. So no dead person can protect you. It's God who is living, who protects you and watches over you. And to have a substitute for God is very evil, whether it's Catholic or Protestant. Now, a really wonderful part of this whole story about Pam is when her mother was in her 80s, all of a sudden, she started telling Pam about something she'd read in the Bible. She was reading the Bible. And we know that she was born again. So even though she started out with all this Catholic imagery stuff and stuff the Catholic Church was teaching, which was not in the Bible, her mother, I'm persuaded, was born again before she died. And she had a delight in reading the Bible. Continuing with Pam's story, she says being taught that the Catholic Church is the only true church, it never occurred to me that any of the things that we were doing was wrong, but they were wrong. Although I believed everything taught in the Catholic Church to me, the Catholic Church was spooky. My earliest recollection of church was when I was three or four years old, walking up the stairs to the church building and dreading going inside. Nothing bad ever happened to me in the, in the church building, but it was strongly in me that this was a spooky place and I didn't want to be there. As I grew older, this sense that the Catholic Church was spooky continued with me. Pam says, I thought something was wrong with me. Later, I was shown by God that many of the doctrines and traditions of the Catholic Church are contrary to the New Testament Bible and are Antichrist. I believe God put this 
aversion to the Catholic Church in my heart, says Pam, even as a young child. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, God says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. God just for those chosen by God, he writes his laws in our hearts and minds. So we just know. And he will be to us a God and also we shall be to him a people. Certainly we read the Bible and we go by what the New Testament teaches. But sometimes we know what the New Testament teaches even before we read the verse of Scripture because it's in our heart to know. The next time we will cover another experience that Pam, when she goes deeper into Catholic doctrines and what God shows her. Thank you for listening to this recording.